Today on CityCast Boise, I love a little Boise day trip adventure, but I'll admit when I first saw the entrance to the Cuna Caves, I was concerned. Luckily, our brave contributor Graham McBride was with me for the descent. One 50-foot steel cage ladder and a quarter mile of dust later, we're back to tell you if we think the Cuna Caves are a don't miss. It's Tuesday, September 19th. I'm Emma Arnold, and this is what Boise's talking about. Hi, Graham. Thanks for coming back. Hey, Emma. Thanks for having me. Before we start, I have to read uh, the driving directions to the Cuna Caves because they are the most Idaho thing ever. They made me laugh so hard. Turn onto the Cuna Cave Road, take a right on Black Cat Road, turn left on an unmarked road. If you reach West Dickman Road, you've gone too far. (laughs) Go over the cattle guard and then follow the dirt road. Road is in quotations here uh, for 100 feet or so until you see the steel encaged ladder, which I read these to you yesterday before we left my house, like when we were headed out there and we were laughing so hard, but actually pretty accurate, right? Like pretty good directions. (laughs) Honestly, yes. You know, and uh, I love this and I agree that it is very Idaho. Uh, Not surprisingly, we did overshoot it a couple of times and have to turn around. Uh, It's in a really unassuming area, just feedlots and farms. Yeah. For me, it was funny because so um, we were trying both of us to remember before we left, had we ever been there? And mm-hmm. I had asked my parents and said, did you guys ever take to, take us to the Cuna Caves as kids? And my parents were like, oh, I'm sure we did. I'm sure we did at some point. But then when we got out there, uh, first of all, I was here's what I was expecting, like yeah. a little booth, a ticketed situation where you pay like $10 to go. You walk into the cave and then you get out there. It's, you know, the the typical Idaho desert, middle of nowhere, nothing around except for that feedlot. We're like looking at, we're like, are we going to see it? And then you just sort of come up on it and it's a hole in the ground with a cage, a cage ladder to climb down. Uh, and I was like, I have definitely never been here because this would have been a hundred percent a sense memory that I would I would never forget going down that ladder. But you had been there before. Yes, only at night. Um, so I was no good at, at guiding us there. Um, but it was uh, remarkable to see it in the in the light of day and to honestly see the context that it's in. That it's just it's really. It's because it's surrounded by farmland, it really just feels like just a hole in the ground in the middle of nowhere. And it was much better to see it during the day. Uh, At night, it is uh, dark and dusty. And when you've got a lot of people in it, you kind of lose the perspective of of the cave itself. So uh, much better, in my opinion, to visit during the day. Because you went to parties there. There were used to be raves out there and parties and you went to those, which now that I've been is wild to me. The idea of a bunch of like teenagers climbing down into this. Oh, I know. 50 foot hole to party. With with generators and equipment and yeah, very wild. Um, But, you know, the the dedicated few who are really (laughs) determined to get their party on (laughs) underground will find a way. Well, it's funny because as we were walking up, I forgot to mention this to you, but I had asked a friend of mine who grew up in CUNA, oh, did you guys go to the caves a lot? And she said, oh, uh, you mean the butthole? 
And I was like, what? And wow. she said that the nickname in CUNA for the CUNA Caves is the butthole of Idaho. <laughs> sure. I feel, I feel like it's unfair because and so this, that really set me up. Those were my expectations, okay, that yes. we were going to the butthole of Idaho. Yes. But then, so let's let's set the scene here. We get we get to the cave. We see this hole in the ground. We see this cage ladder. Uh, but and that ladder is no joke. It is. There's this very terrifying Silence of the Lambs cage around it. <laughs> it's 50 feet straight down. Uh, the rungs are very far apart for a short person like me. They were pretty far apart. Uh, it's that ladder is like no joke, right? Yes. Oh, it's quite claustrophobic. And it, it also like I, I want to warn our listeners, uh, uh, you know, you don't have to be super athletic, but if you're going to be doing this, I feel like you should at least be sure that you can go up and down a ladder with uh, a bag and stuff, because yes. it was it was a little bit aerobic, honestly. Uh, and then interestingly, OK, so I was expecting, you know, this one room that we're going to climb down and we're going to be sort of in this one room. But the cave itself is actually like gigantic. Yes. Uh, I was I was honestly surprised by how extensive the system is. Wow. Whoa. Wow. It just goes and goes. goes and goes. I really thought that was, this was going to be so tiny. Yeah. Oh, Graham, look at this. Another like weird little hidey hole. Oh, wow. I feel like we should be hiding treasures. I found a guide written up by Boy Scouts in 1911, which you oh, and I cute. read, uh, <laughs> yeah. and we used to understand the layout a little bit better. Uh, but despite the description, I think we were both really surprised to see how long it was. And for me, as a tall person, uh, how navigatable it was. Yeah, the a big chunk of it, you can just walk without hunching or crawling or anything. And uh, not, you know, not to toot our horns, but we did more than that. We did some hunching and some crawling and we we went into the narrower part. We did finally hit a point where we were like, OK, but it, it went on for so long. Yes. And one thing I found really interesting, which you told me about the history of, uh, is as we got further into the cave, it is windy. There's yes. like a, a strong, very cold breeze going through there. Oh, wow. Feel the breeze here. Yeah, the airflow in this cave is incredible. Like it's windy. Yes. Oh yeah. They would they would say that it would uh, blow candles out. Yeah. That you had to you couldn't bring an exposed flame. Some uh, early explorers of the cave commented about this breeze and and noticed that it's it's a cool, humid breeze. I mean, it really it feels like it's it's coming off of a body of water. And so this is where this supposed connection to uh, the cave system working its way all the way to the Snake River comes from, which honestly, you know, we have a very porous volcanic crust here. Uh, obviously, the the aquifer under the Snake River is is quite extensive and goes through you know those lava tunnels. So uh, there you know is uh, maybe some possibility there, but I think uh, more than anything, I think just the the porous nature of, of of all the lava allows this really wonderful cooling uh, air to come through. And I don't want to, I think my, one of my favorite things uh, about the whole experience, not to bury the lead here was 
I laughed so hard when just before we were headed down the ladder, like literally just before your head dips down, you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot to mention like there was this um, early people, you know, some of the early uh, people who were like exploring this uh, found a pile of dead bodies down there. And then you're like head dips down. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, the what? The what bodies? And then, and then off you go into the dark. So so tell us a little bit about that. What a what a strange little piece of information. Yeah, it was a surprising find in in my research. Early Euro-American visitors to the cave remarked that there were a lot of indigenous artifacts in the cave. This included a 20-foot pile of burned bones. Presumably, this is from hundreds or maybe even thousands of years of uh, human food scraps. But uh, unfortunately, there was uh, no good archaeological survey conducted before the, the cave was scrapped of all of its artifacts. Uh, there was also at least one, if not two, uh, skeletons found in the cave, uh, in addition to many uh, intact stone-tipped arrows. Yeah, I felt so lucky to be checking out the cave with you because like you already knew such so much about it. I feel like I got like this guided tour, so much like incredible history. And and the, the thing about the arrowheads was kind of heartbreaking though. Will you tell us a little more about that? Yeah, it was disappointing to to read in an account from a group of explorers from the 1890s, I believe. They came down into the cave and they found these arrows and they remarked that unlike most discoveries of arrows, they weren't broken arrows. They weren't just the arrow tips. They were intact, full arrows, uh, you know, the, the work of many, many hours of, of individual handicraft. And they were not sure why there would be full length, beautiful arrows, but they knew that the value uh, back in the cities was going to just be for the arrow points because people didn't find full arrows like that. So they broke the arrows to make them easier to take back up the ladder and just kept the arrow tips. Which is such a bummer. It sounds like it was such an incredible archaeological site and and obviously a very sacred site uh, that just got trashed over the yes. years, which was our experience too. Tons of garbage down there, lots and lots of graffiti. Um, we were kind of laughing, walking around, pointing out the provocative uh, cave art to one another, <laughs> uh, but also some interesting, uh, beautiful graffiti. I really loved uh, a couple of times we came across just gay written in big, beautiful, bright yes, letters. Very charming. <laughs> Gen Z, keeping it keeping it real down there. Did I say hydrate? No, hydrate. We, we are really protecting a lot of our values. Queer and boring. Queer and boring. Say hydrated. I love women. <laughs> were there any that stuck out to you that were? you know, extra special. <laughs> yeah, the cave walls, they are almost completely covered in tags. Yeah. Uh, it honestly brings a lot of color and vibrancy to the cave. <laughs> I understand that it's disruptive uh, and it obviously has permanently altered the cave, but it is a beautiful collage of things. It makes it feel a little bit more like a subway than a volcanic tube. That's a good point because uh, honestly, the ceiling is so high in certain places. Yeah. You do feel like you're in uh, a subway terminal. Like it is just these long, long tubes. And 
um, and lots of graffiti. I I enjoyed a couple of them. The one that said "Do not go on" in big orange letters was, yes. <laughs> was a lot of fun. I was like, these are these are like you said, it's too bad people have been defacing it. But some of them are some of the de, some of the graffiti is actually pretty old. There, I saw one that said like "R plus E nineteen fifty five. You know, wow. so some of the stuff in there is like kind of older, I guess, which is interesting. Um, I do want to sort of warn people that are visiting or planning to visit. Uh, that this is a party spot. Like go during the day, I'd say, unless you're there for the rave. Uh, there, but there, we found a lot of trash, a lot of beer cans and cigarette butts, as well as air freshener cans, which you explained to me. Uh, I was very confused by, but you explained that people are huffing those, um, <laughs> which I was like, oh, how horrible. But um, apparently they're not just, you know, making it smell nicer in the cave. Um, but any other warnings we f- you feel like we should give people before they think about visiting? I feel like the latter is a big one. Um, know that that is quite a descent. Uh, the dust. Yes. Um, I was surprised the dust this morning, I woke up with a pretty sore throat, not to sound like a baby, but you might want to wear a mask. I don't think that's too much to say to, you might want to wear a mask in the cave. It's really, it is really dusty and it's very fine volcanic dust, really sharp Mm -hmm. silica dust, really what you really don't want to be breathing. So we didn't think about it beforehand, but definitely should have brought masks. Yeah, we sh- we definitely should have. It is a mess down there. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I liked is that we brought a trash bag and picked up some of the trash. Yeah. You say we, but you did. You're oh, the hero oh, that did on. that. Thank yes. you for including well, me. Yeah. <laughs> I helped pick up the trash, but I was like, when you pulled that trash bag out, I was like, yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Look at this camper. I love it. Yeah. Well, I, you know, try to do my part. So it's also just a couple other things to note about it, though. It Make sure to bring a light. It's very dark. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. There's bring a headlamp. Uh, if you have one, ideally bring extra batteries. You really don't want to be caught in in the dark deep within that cave. It would be a difficult stumble and you could really hurt yourself. Yeah, that is a good point. Your cell phone light is not going to be enough no. if you're if you're thinking, oh, it's probably fine. Also, there is no cell phone uh, service deeper no. in the cave. No. The deeper we got, I realized, oh, we don't have any service. If we did have some sort of emergency, we'd have to hope that everybody at CityCast remembered we were in the cave. Yeah, um, <laughs> let people know where you're going. It's it, you know, it you are underground and you are far away from from people. So make sure that there's someone who is expecting you to come back. And just to be clear, I want people to know it's not private property. Uh, This is on public land. It's run by the BLM, correct? correct? So you can visit it. Also, another thing to note is it it is a little chilly. It's it's yes, it's pretty constantly about 55 degrees. So make sure to dress appropriately and, and wear pants. There's a lot of sharp rocks. Yeah, definitely. I would dress and prepare as though you're going on a hike. Obviously, yes. bring water with you just in case there's kind of any yeah. kind of an emergency, yeah. um, some snacks. Make sure people know where you're at and all of that. Yeah. Um, you told me an interesting thing. So the the hole to get in is about, I don't know, six feet across. But you said that it used to be a lot smaller. That's correct. In 1960, some unknown vandals attached dynamite to the ladder in the cave, as well as a nearby sign. The explosion that followed destroyed the sign and the and the ladder and actually doubled the size of the opening. And and you could see that because honestly, like uh, the opening was like quite a bit bigger. Another funny thing, uh, when we were down there, I mentioned to you because uh, please don't tell my mother this, but we left all of our gear at the at the ladder, our water and our food. As I'm telling people, make sure you have your stuff with you. We left all of our stuff, and then we got deeper and deeper in. And I commented at one point, "Oh my gosh, 
what are, you know, here I'm this super prepared person and I don't have our water. If there's a cave in, if one of us gets injured, like I don't even have, I don't even have my water. And uh, you said, oh, actually that used to be a concern. Please tell me what you, please tell people what you said to me then. Cause it was so funny. Yeah. So uh, in the past, before there was a permanent ladder installed, one of the ways that folks would get down into the cave is they would wrap a rope around the, the back wheel of their wagon, and then they would hoist themselves down using the axle of their wagon. And there was a party who visited it once who commented later to a reporter that uh, as they got deeper and deeper into the cave, similar to us, they started to look back and think, oh, gosh, what if somebody steals our wagon and leaves yeah. us here high and dry, uh, stuck in the cave, looking up into the heavens? Yeah, it's completely stuck because there's no way you would be able to get no. out without that ladder Absolutely. and that wagon. Oh, my God. <laughs> it just like left us in, this in cave. the cave. <gasps> yeah, that's a real fear. Yes. So even 110 years ago, people were afraid of that. Yay! My my anxiety is probably hereditary. <laughs> I would definitely right now in 1911 be like, someone's gonna get our wagon. Yes. We should go back. Someone's gonna get the wagon. But that, the moral of the story: bring your snacks with you. Bring yes. your water with yes. you, and yes. and make sure your wagon is tied up and, yes. and safe. <laughs> well, okay, we tried it. We did the Cuna Caves. What do you think, Graham? Is this a recommend? To our Highly. listeners, I, Highly. I love yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. If you're interested in caves, it's a great place to explore. Unfortunately, because of all the hazards that we've listed, it's not great for kids, but it's still a, a wonderful spot to see some some great graffiti to explore <laughs> a, a natural <laughs> geological wonder and uh, just make sure to take your trash out with you. Yeah, that's great advice. Uh, it's a it's a recommend from me. I had a great time. I had much more. I really thought you and I were like, it was going to be about 15 minutes. We were going to walk in and be like, yeah, yes. there's a hole out here. Big deal. But instead, I feel like we actually had kind of a blast. Yeah, I think we spent um, <laughs> oh, like two hours or something down there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We we like explored everything and, and went as far as we felt comfortable, which, you know, that's a big one, too. Don't go deeper in there right. than you feel comfortable with. But um, but yeah, actually, honestly, uh, feel like a big recommend. And uh, I came home and told my kids about it and showed them pictures and they were like, what? We want to go. And so we're already planning another outing to take the kids because they were like very impressed. They thought it looked really cool. So I big recommend that. from both of us, I think. Absolutely. All right, Graham, thank you so much for coming on this adventure with me. I had such a good time, and I can't wait for our next one. Absolutely. Maybe another cave? I don't know. Who knows? Above ground, underground, anywhere, I will tread with you, my friend. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Graham. Thank you. That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. If you enjoyed the show, send us your day trip ideas. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more local stories from around the city. Bye. And if you look at old photographs, you'll see it. It really, it was a, a little more tighter of a butthole in the past. <laughs> um, <laughs> can I say that? <laughs>